Hi, I'm Jared Talavera. Welcome to Healthier Today, a podcast where I speak with individuals about the unique ways they are living healthier today and the lessons they can offer you to do the same. In this episode, I speak with Maui Ola Foundation's Executive Director, Hans Hagen, about the benefits of ocean water on health, the importance of community and exercise, and why being people-focused leads to genuine happiness. Here's our conversation. So take me back to when you started surfing. How did you discover your interest for that sport? Yeah, I started surfing back in 1979. My father was a surfer and a school teacher and educator here in Laguna Beach, California. I started competing around 1982 when I was about 12 years old, bridged that passion into continuing that through just amateur competitions and turned pro in about 1990 and made a life of it, surfing, traveling, competing, and then went further into some filmmaking and journalism, which led me to Mauiola. Yeah. So how did you go from, say, surfing into what you do now, like philanthropy and doing all that incredible work that you're doing with the Maui Ola Foundation? Well, I had some great mentors, both James and Charles Dunlop, who were um, in the science field, one being a physicist, and some other mentors, uh, Israel Paskowitz and Daniel Paskowitz, Daniel being my first cousin, who started Surfers Healing. They both taught me how to, how to get back through surfing and also kind of showed me the ropes in philanthropic endeavors. Then I just approached every meeting I had with an open mind. I had a lot of experience in events and marketing. Pro surfing kind of naturally makes you, <laughs> gives you a quick education in marketing. So I just approached it with a very open mind and uh, a notebook. Mm. <laughs> and uh, just went, went forward, took notes, and uh, learned from a lot of great mentors how to run a nonprofit, did my studying, read the bylaws, went straight into it, kind of slowly evolved. Now I've uh, been nine years in this leadership role. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. So it's going to be, what, almost 10 years? Yeah, we're going on, going on the 11th year as a foundation in my... Yeah, I'm like breaking into my ninth year as a director. Scientifically speaking, water is comprised of two hydrogen atoms which is attached to oxygen. The bond between hydrogen and oxygen is incredibly strong. This allows water to adapt to the various circumstances it experiences. Our bodies need water to survive just as much as we need air to breathe or touch from another person. People with the condition cystic fibrosis have difficulty regulating sufficient amounts of water in their body causing their mucus to become thick and sticky, which impairs their breathing. Currently, there are approximately 70,000 people living with cystic fibrosis. More than a decade ago, patients from Sydney, Australia, living with the condition, reported being able to breathe better after surfing. This inspired a team of scientists from the University of Sydney to begin looking into the potential use of saltwater therapy as a form of treatment for the condition. Their study was published in the New England Journal of Medicine with the title, A Controlled Trial of Long-Term Inhaled Hypertonic Saline in Patients with Cystic Fibrosis. A year later, American Brothers... Charles and James Dunlop read that study, which inspired the creation of the Maui Ola Foundation, an organization which combines surfing and ocean water as a natural therapy for those with cystic fibrosis. To date, 
Maui Ola Foundation has helped thousands living with the condition through their surf experience days, children's hospital visits, and awareness events. Maui Ola Foundation's manifesto is, may the wave heal us all. I think that's just a beautiful manifesto. So can you speak about how the ocean has been so powerful as a form of treatment and for what type of patients that's been most useful for? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you've done your homework. That's awesome. Yeah, well, the original uh, study of Maliola was, uh, we read it in the 2007 New England Journal of Medicine, and it was based in Australia, the original study about hypertonic sailing and the surfing lifestyle being beneficial for people living with cystic fibrosis. Yeah, since then, you know, we've, we've carried on that mission, you know, our tagline being, may the wave heal us all. I believe that's across the board, not only as a natural therapy for cystic fibrosis, but for everyone who's involved and the idea that, that the waves and riding wave is healing. Yeah. And like even just that social aspect of, of being with other people combined with physical activity and being in nature, all of that ends up becoming very compounded in, in, in its effect in, in, as a form of treatment. Have you, have you, is that something that you yeah, said? I, I'm with you. I wouldn't still be in this position if it wasn't for all the positive testimonials that come from around the world and the people that have incorporated surfing and the surfing lifestyle um, when they're living with genetic disorders like cystic fibrosis. If it wasn't for all the positive feedback and the testimonials, uh, we wouldn't be doing it. We believe in it through and through. And you know, as we've reached thousands of kids and families over the last decade, we continue to get that that reinforcement to continue the mission. Was there a time that you remember that was most memorable for you in your time during Maui Ola Foundation? Honestly, it's a bit of a, whether there's one major impactful moment, there's such a continuance of those moments. It, it kind of, it kind of blends into an overall feeling to me, actually, showing up to these events weekend after weekend and touring around the country. You just get this feeling of goodwill and the connections of seeing the families and the families grow over the years. That's that's one of the most... And then having siblings take it on, maybe they're too young, and then they take it on and seeing that legacy kind of continue and people adopting the surfing therapy and the lifestyle. And um, I don't know, I believe it's it's a continuance of Stoke that keeps this whole thing going. Just the families that have taken this and gone, yeah, we're going to give this a try and we're going to get let our kid try from surfing and see how it goes. Because some of the parents that I've spoken to who have kids that have cystic fibrosis are very protective and they make all the decisions about like what they're going to do. And some of some parents that I've spoken to who have kids that have cystic fibrosis have been like, we want you to have just a regular life that shouldn't have to, that disease shouldn't have to get in the way of like what you want to do. For example, most recently I spoke with one of the dancers from So You Think You Can Dance over in the US and she has cystic fibrosis and her parents were like, you know what, go do what you want to do, be a regular kid, just be like everyone else, go dance. Yeah. And now, now this is her career. She's, she's gone off and she's gone dancing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. I, I, uh, it takes a lot. Of, it's a big leap of faith to put your trust in a foundation like ours and or another activity like dancing or, or having coaches. A lot of um, what a family deals with with cystic fibrosis ultimately is 
they scare you. <laughs> it's really frightening. They want they they encourage you to be isolated and they encourage you not to be in touch with other families with cystic fibrosis. And that's the truth. And you have to be six feet separated. And that's something that we incorporate into our events everywhere we do. And we're very strict about that. But getting over that hurdle of putting the trust that we could do our job properly to keep everyone six feet separated and, and in the ocean and in a safe environment, uh, because they're told not to do it their whole life and, and from an early age. And I can only imagine what, what that would be like as a parent you know, I'm a parent of two and um, just to uh, know your kids are safe. And that's the most important thing. And and that's what the most important thing to us is running a safe, safe program that, that follows all those guidelines. And we're just constantly blessed by the parents to, to put that trust in us to continue to uh, provide the service. I could have only imagined if prior to Maliola Foundation, if a kid with cystic fibrosis wanted to go surfing, there would have been no organization like that. And now you've provided this sort of avenue for, for kids with cystic fibrosis and other genetic diseases too to have this opportunity to go and try surfing. It's like, as far as I know, there, there is no other um, charity like this in the world. Yeah, we were yeah. one of the first of its kind to uh, introduce surfing as a natural therapy for cystic fibrosis. And yes, yeah, still to this day, I, I believe we're the only one who provide these services. And, you know, one of the things we're very proud of is raising that awareness and breaking down that stigma that you can do these kind of activities and they're safe activities. And to get the MDs support and all the, the doctors and the medical industry support on this mission. And, you know, everyone does have to get signed off by their doctor to participate. And to get those endorsements over the last, you know, decade really proves the work. And yeah, we're here for, we're here for you guys. We're, we're so proud to break down that uh, stigma. How does, say, being in the ocean differ to, say, being in a pool that has salty water? Do you think there's much of a difference? Or is it just like being in the ocean, you're being in a natural environment that makes you feel a lot more joyous than just being in an artificial environment? The big difference is the, the act of a breaking wave. If you've ever sat there on a shoreline where the shore break hits the water or you're next to a, a, the breaking wave and that mist it's like a just blows into your face and it's just like you get hit by that that's hypertonic sailing. It's just like a it's like a steam bath right there, right there, just flying at you. And uh, there's nothing quite that could do the job as a breaking wave. And the ocean provides that, you know, time and time again. Yeah, exactly. It's like this whole idea of like trying to make that therapy more fun and trying to make it more functional as well. For example, about a few years ago, about three years ago, I was, was chatting to a ballet teacher over in, in California, and she runs a, a school which teaches kids with disabilities how to dance. But also she found that dance was also helpful for athletes in the NFL because it improved their endurance and improved their, their strength and agility. And some of these athletes, they, they didn't want to do your traditional type of exercises and physical therapy. And then they found that dance was so much more functional and much more enjoyable for them. And I think Maliola Foundation with the surfing, much more enjoyable than just your traditional sort of therapies with just sitting there, taking in the hypotonic saline with the nebulization, which has, has its place too, of course. But then this also has that element of enjoyment. And, and sociability. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I mean, let's be honest, not that many people like to sit on a treadmill or sit there with a hypertonic saving mask. And uh, it's really nice to do any type of exercise that's distracting and fun and the type of exercise that makes you present mm. and forces you to be present. And you can go surf for two hours and you didn't even realize two hours went by. That's an amazing thing. And you come in, you're like, why am I so hungry? Why am I so exhausted? And why do I feel this good? And, and you just realize, like, you'd never do that in a gym. You just were completely immersed by the waves and the ocean and your friends around you and the weight of the board feels under your feet. And you didn't realize you just worked out for two hours. Yeah, it's just like... You don't even realize that time's passing. You're enjoying what you're doing. Like, there's, there's nothing really like that. Like, if you can really deliver something like that to people, it's like, hey, here we go. Here's something that, that's enjoyable. It's also a treatment. It's effective. We got some, some evidence behind it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're kicking goals. So I love it. So what have been some of those amazing things that Maliola Foundation has been able to do with the funds that it has raised over its time? Yeah, we, we produce a really special day, first and foremost. You know, everything is uh, <laughs> it's all insured and safe and legitimate. It's all above board as far as the legalities, which costs money. We do travel around the country, so we, we take the event. It's mobile. And we take some of the best athletes around with us, which is a huge part of where the funds go, is to get these guys in place. Everyone's volunteer-based, but all the support it takes to get these guys, who guys might recognize from Hawaii or traveling pros from Australia or, or you know, we try to get the, the best of the best, the best mentors. The better the mentor, the better the experience. It goes towards, uh, we do some great gifting. Everyone's fed, breakfast and lunch. Yeah, we go from one place to, to another, you know, tents and chairs and PAs and all that kind of stuff that makes an event special. I'm also very proud. We've done some great mentor trips to some people with cystic fibrosis who have really got the surfing bug and are actually gotten good at it. So we've done some, some great uh, travels, some international travels with some of these kids to do mentor trips to help raise awareness for our mission. We'll bring a filmer and tell their story. And we've done a number of those, which is great. Yeah, we also do pediatric hospital visits for the kids who aren't well enough to make it to the beach. So we do really nice gifting for all of them as well. So everything goes into that. And uh, we pay for some logistics when we can as well, like if there's hotel blocks or things like that for the families. We're trying to raise more and more money so we can start to do more of that. So it's not just the day at the beach, we actually get them there and and handle all that too so yeah i did see that i did see that on on i think it was facebook where with mariola foundation did visit one of the pediatric hospitals over in in the u.s and i was like wow this is this is an amazing yeah. organization and you also do a lot of traveling too i think you also go to south america i was like wow yeah we, we haven't done an event i was in um i do a lot of traveling myself uh, yeah, South America is very dear to me. I have a place down in Chile. We've done events in Australia. We've done, uh, we've kicked off the WSL season, both at Snapper Rocks and at Bells for both the uh, Quicksilver Pro and the Rip Girl Pro for five years. You know, it's a big, it's a kind of kickoff of the year. So it helps us raise awareness, gets the best servers in the world with these kids, which is, I think, great, great to help kind of spread the word to kick off the year. What can people do to support the Maui Ola Foundation? 
There's a number of ways to get involved at all levels. On the community, we have uh, you know peer-to-peer fundraising platforms. You could do is something as simple as buy one of our hats. You know, um, we have a hat site, merchandise, general donation. Everything's on uh, maliola.org. Uh, if you have a business or a corporation, we have ways to get involved with philanthropic givebacks and giveback programs for corporations and partnership ideas as well. But anyone, anyone spreading the word too. Awareness is, is huge for us, for people to share the story and be aware of the foundation and, and spread that word. It always helps as well. Yeah, because like anything that you can do for, say, cystic fibrosis is going to be paramount because life expectancy for cystic fibrosis at this point in time is only about 39. But what's most interesting about cystic fibrosis is that the life expectancy for cystic fibrosis is increasing faster than for the general population. Yeah. Yeah. Through that. Yeah. There's been some amazing breakthroughs and hopefully the way it's going, life expectancy is going to get a lot, lot longer and a lot quickly in our lifetime. I've witnessed it since I've been here since I first learned about cystic fibrosis, it's increased, you know, by 10 years. And I think now there's another 10 years being added on. So yeah, a lot of progress happening. It's super exciting. Yeah. So there's a lot of cystic fibrosis charities out there. There's a lot of people starting charities, a lot of people starting nonprofits. What do you think is the best way for people to take action on, on cystic fibrosis if, if they want to have a global impact? That's a, that's a hard one. I really don't have much advice. We've been we've definitely stayed in our lane, if you will. You know, with Mauiola, we know surfing is great. It's natural therapy. Ocean activities is natural therapy in general. I know there's a lot of different nonprofits that you know. There's some that are going after all the research and treatment. There's others that are you know like us. It's more like quality of life stuff that might help in trying times to, to make rent or, or the simple things or, or get meals delivered. There's a lot of grassroots organizations that do that, that we're all a huge fan of. But for Mauiola, our advice is just know what you want to service, whether it's 10 families or 100 families. Like Just choose, choose what you know you're capable of and, and do that right and do that well. You know, we've, we've definitely stayed, uh, stayed true to our mission and our path to provide these surf days and then hopefully, you know, raise some awareness along the way and, um, and do more and more. Um, I'm hoping to give air filters to the houses and little things that you could do that can make quality of life better. We do whatever we can at our capacity. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the little things that that will just have like the greatest impact in in people's lives. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to be here. Just going to be listening to you. I'm going to accompany you to your, your hospital visits it's just like these little things yeah they all everyone needs a voice and they need need support no everyone everyone it takes a village and uh we're just part of that puzzle you know we're a, a cog in the wheel of, of all of that to help help these families out we're a resource i encourage any family to come and, and reach out to us info at maliola.org and start those conversations if they want to learn more ask questions you know, we're, we're here. And like I said, we, we do what we can at our capacity and, and try to just do what we do and do it great. Because cystic fibrosis is one of those lesser known diseases. It wasn't until the release of the movie Five Feet Apart that people started to become more aware of what cystic fibrosis is. And now you've got more charities, you've got more 
athletes and public figures getting behind and supporting cystic fibrosis. Is this something that you've seen over your career in in the Mariola Foundation? Absolutely. I think the awareness for the disease has gone up. Yeah, I think the story of Five Feet Apart really struck a chord with a lot of uh, the general public for the first time. You know, some great storytelling in that. Although it was a little controversial because they showed up, the plot of the film was doing something you shouldn't be doing. But at the same time, it did raise awareness. And I feel it, you know, as a director of a nonprofit that services cystic fibrosis, you feel you feel surges of energy and surges of awareness. And um, we're definitely um, taking that ride and, and getting more and more people involved. Yeah. I think it's just amazing though. Like just like even just like 10 years ago, not like hardly anyone knew what cystic fibrosis was. I think there was one movie, I think it was called 65 Roses, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got five feet apart, which really catapulted that, that awareness of, of, cystic fibrosis globally yeah i believe they they started the whole 65 roses because people couldn't pronounce cystic fibrosis oh it's like, an, it's like a, a word play oh that's right which is, which is cool yeah yeah i know a lot of the um i'm just so impressed by the cystic fibrosis community there's a lot of advocates people who are living with the disease who have a very strong voice really have done a good job of telling their their personal stories I think that's been, been really catching on too. I've noticed more and more advocates, especially now in the era, you know, when we started Maliola, there was no Instagram or um, social media really, you know, kind of came in the ad and we started to kind of embrace it halfway through as we went. And then all of a sudden it's been a great platform for us to communicate with a lot of different families and individuals who are living with it. And that's, that's one of our, our biggest platforms actually of communication to the individuals who are, who are out there who have a voice for cystic fibrosis and have the courage to come out and surf with us. So we're, uh, it's been cool. Social media has been a very positive uh, platform for us. Yeah, certainly. And, and there's now a lot of social media public figures who have cystic fibrosis that are speaking about their condition and raising awareness about the realities of of living with that condition. And one of them is is my good friend Tiffany Rich from from San Francisco and she's 30 now. Yeah, she documents her life with, with cystic fibrosis and she runs and she co-hosts the, the podcast uh, Breathe In with another co-host who has cystic fibrosis. So there's a lot of people now with that condition who are being advocates for that for that condition which you probably would have not seen 10, 15, or even 20 years ago, which is quite a testament to, to social media and, and power of what it can do. Absolutely. Because at face value, if you meet someone with cystic fibrosis on the street, you would never know. That awareness and storytelling has been a, been a huge part of the education for the general public. Yeah, I just uh, my hats go off to all those people who are willing to put their personal life out there like that. Uh, for the sake of awareness and educating to make these these changes and make this progress happen, which um, I believe they have a huge part of it. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, has anyone who's gone through Maliola Foundation decided, I want to become a pro-level surfer. I want to take this to a career level. Has anyone gone through that? They wanted to go from a hobby and they wanted to take it right up to becoming a pro-level surfer. 
there's a couple really good surfers. There's one girl out of uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Bree uh, Labiak, and she is an up and coming pro surfer. She goes to every, she competes on a national level. We've done a dream trip with her, with Jamie O'Brien. I've uh, done a number of things with her. She's she's been really a great advocate for us, but she's. Uh, she lives in a place with not the best waves and has a very, she's very, very driven and she's got the talent to go, uh, to go super far. It's been a big part of us to, uh, you know, that's one of our, one of my favorite calls to make or to see her go compete when she's here. And, uh, yeah, we got her back all the way through. She's, she's very, she, she rips. She absolutely rips. Yeah. And she's, uh, I believe she's featured in some of the, the Maui Ola Foundation videos on, on YouTube. Correct. Yeah, there's a great, like a nine minute piece that uh, they go down to Nicaragua and they tell her life story. Yeah, she, she's awesome. She's staying true to it. She's uh, completely committed. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, see what she can achieve. So as we start to wrap up, I'd just like to ask you two questions, two final questions. Okay. So I want you to imagine that you are in a room with 18-year-old you, 18-year-old Hans. What would you tell him? I would say uh, find yourself faster because all of those influences and chatter that's in your head become obsolete. You got to find your path to my 18 year old self. It took me a long time to figure that out, to be true to your own character and true to yourself. I think a lot of time when I was 18, I was looking around and I was like, I want to be like that guy. And I want to be like that guy. And, how great is this band? They're the coolest. I wish I could be dressed like them or be like them and this. And then I realized I'm like, my adult self looks back. I'm like, it's got to be you. You have to be you hundred percent. Not that you can't have influence, but don't try to emulate your influence. Be yourself. Did you know that you wanted to pursue philanthropy? You want to pursue charity work when you were 18? Not the slightest idea. What, what, what did 18-year-old Hans want to do at that time? Oh, I wanted to be a professional surfer and probably retire from professional surfing. And that was my ultimate dream, travel the world and, and win competitions and do all of that kind of good stuff. A lot of it was travel-based. I just wanted to see the world more than anything. No, that, that thought didn't cross my mind till about a philanthropic endeavor until, until a bit later in life. And you, you achieved quite a lot of things. Like you, you became a pro-level surfer, did film, you got into philanthropy. Was there anything else that you got into? Was there anything else I'm missing? <laughs> Not really. That's pretty much it. Yeah, we did, did a bit of, uh, you know, acting and modeling. And, um, but, yeah, I started some business, you know, working for myself and trying to, to always uh, – Stay true to, to uh, my beliefs and, and what I do with work and my time. And having a family. A family is the, most, the biggest accomplishment in my life by far, raising two kids. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Does being a father, does a level of love and, and, say, empathy, does that translate? Does that become apparent when you start becoming working in charity? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what a, it's such a great environment to raise your kids in. As well, you know, there's a lot of uh, crazy information a young high school student would get, like my daughter. And it's, it's nice to have something that, that like Maliola, that, that tells the story of it really paints a picture of giving back to her and can be a positive influence and knowing that her dad's doing um, 
I hope she sees it as something that's purposeful. I think it's a good way to raise the kids, though, have them be able to give back and do community service and be aware that there's to look outside your bubble. Yeah. As a 15 or 14 year old, you know. Certainly. For example, a few, few months ago, I featured a, a doctor from over in the US, and she's about 30. So she's about a few years older than I am. Her heart was failing, and she needed a heart transplant. And she was fortunate enough to get that heart transplant within 11 days. And it normally takes a lifetime. And it's not even guaranteed that a person's going to get a transplant. But she got one in 11 days, which is almost unheard of. And she said that when she got the transplant, it made her more grateful for her own life, but it also made her more empathic as a doctor towards her patients. So that whole experience really just transformed her into like a better and a more empathic version of herself. What is one thing you took away from this episode? Share it on Instagram with the hashtag Healthy Today and tag Maui Ola Foundation at Maui Ola Foundation and myself at Jared Talavera. Learn about how you can get involved by going to mauiola.org. Share this podcast with one person who you think would benefit from it. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us make this podcast better for you. Here's to you living healthier today.